morning and welcome to the March 1st, 2024 Treasure Island Development Authority Housing Infrastructure Transportation and Sustainability Committee meeting. Item number one, call to order. Director Richardson. I'm here. Director Sen. Here. Director Howard. Howard absent. And Director Reif. Here. Thank you. We do have a quorum. Okay. I just wanted to uh, say hello and thank everyone um, at this meeting, commissioners. Good morning. And um, thank you to all those that would be watching our later on. So uh, let's go, Kate. Item number two, general public comment. This item is to allow members of the public to address the HITS committee on matters that are within the subject matter jurisdiction of the committee and that do not appear on today's agenda. In addition to general public comment, public comment will be held during each item on the agenda. Members of the public may address the board once per agenda item for up to two minutes. You will hear a chime when indicating you have 30 seconds remaining and a second chime when your two minutes are up. At this time, your microphone will be muted to comply with city rules and maintain hearing decorum. Okay, are there any uh, public comments? Sina? Item number three, approving the minutes of the February 2nd, 2024 HITS committee meeting. Okay, commissioners. Um, I approval? move approval. Okay, so moved by Commissioner Shen. Second. Okay, all in favor? Aye. Aye. Ayes have it. Thank you. Item number four, review of proposed amendments to the disposition and development agreement and entitlement and transaction document. Uh, thank you, Directors. Bob Beck. Uh, I'll be presenting today with Anne-Marie Rogers, uh, our Deputy Director. Um, also with us today is Lee Lutensky from uh, the Mayor's Office of Economic and Workforce Development, who were instrumental in negotiating these changes. The um, we These changes have come about um, because of... of uh, changes to the project over the last decade, um, as well as, as acknowledging and recognizing challenges that to the project's um, financing and administration that we wanted to uh, address to make sure that we maintain the momentum of the program. Um, TICD first came to uh, TIDA and the city with uh, concerns about the status of the project, progress, uh, costs, and other issues. Um, and we initially explored the arbitration provisions of the DDA that are in the agreement, um, but rather than heading down a path of arbitration or mediation that would be uh, by its nature uh, somewhat adversarial in terms of, uh, and, and, and frankly backwards looking, rearward looking at, well, why are we here and who's responsible? Um, we elected to work collaboratively uh, and forward-looking on on how could we uh, address the challenges that the project faced and and keep the the momentum of the project going. Um, Kate, can we bring up the slides? Okay, uh, thank you. Um, so. Uh, just a reminder for for the the members of the public who may be watching as well as as members of the board um the the documents that were adopted in 2011 uh to entitle the program and move it forward are uh, 
they're, they're numerous and, and, and uh, a complex set of documents. Uh, just the disposition and development agreement and its many exhibits and, and the development agreement, those, those two documents alone fill two four-inch uh, three-ring binders. Um, so it's a large volume of, of material that's included in these documents. Um, also uh, adopted at the same time as the, the DA and the DDA uh, were the Base Closure and Homeless Assistance Agreement, which is otherwise known as the Tie-Dye Agreement or the One Treasure Island Agreement that spells out uh, the participation of One Treasure Island in the, in the housing program on the island uh, as well as, as other matters. The TITIP, the Treasure Island Transportation Implementation Plan, was adopted uh, by the Board of Supervisors as, a, again, a separate standalone document, uh, recognizing the, the uh, importance of that plan to the overall success of, of the project, um, as well as uh, interagency cooperation agreement uh, and the certification of the environmental impact uh, report. All of those occurred uh, in that June 2011 timeframe. Uh, subsequent to that, there are two other key documents that have been approved, the conveyance agreement with the Navy, um, and as well as the trust exchange agreement with the State Lands Commission. They were largely drafted in 2011, but they the, both those documents were not uh, finalized until 2014. Um, a little more detail on the, the disposition development agreement and the development agreement because those are uh, the two documents to which the uh, bulk of the amendments are being made. Uh, the disposition development agreement is, is the uh, transaction agreement between TIDA and Treasure Island Community Development. Um, it, it contains the, mo the bulk of those exhibits and information that I was describing earlier. Uh, with uh, a total of 33 exhibits, including the financing plan, housing plan, uh, infrastructure plan, rec and par rec parks and open space plan, uh, schedule of performance, uh, financial performa, and, and many others. Um, the de development agreement is an agreement between the city at large and Treasure Island Community Development. Uh, it, it is more streamlined and, and a little more narrowly focused. Uh, it, it has only six exhibits, uh, three of which are uh, duplicative of exhibits to the, the DDA. Um, and I mentioned some of the other uh, 2011 documents that were simultaneously approved. Um, so uh, our timeline going forward from here, uh, we're having obviously this conversation today, but we expect uh, the actual legislation to be introduced at the Board of Supervisors next Tuesday, and we're working uh, fervently to finalize the drafting of that document and exchanging it back and forth with uh, Treasure Island Community Development as and this team and the City Attorney's Office. Um, we uh, plan to come to, and when that's introduced at the Board of Supervisors, we will, of course, distribute to the board members a copy of that package in anticipation of coming back to this board to seek your approval uh, at the meeting of March 13th for the for the DDA amendments specifically. Um, 
that sets up a, an April 4th meeting of the Planning Commission uh, where they will uh, hear, uh, consider the amendments to the de development agreement as well as the design develop, not design for development. Um, Anne Marie will talk a little bit more about the design for development later, but essentially it's, a, a, I, I view it as an impl implementation tool um, summarizing the special use subdivision regulations as applied to Treasure Island and um, uh, putting that more in a ap application workbook type format. And then um, we anticipate being scheduled at budget and finance and land use on the 14th and 22nd and having the items considered by the full board uh, at their meeting of May 7th. And our overall objective here is to uh, uh, keep, as I said, the, the project on, on track, particularly the, the, the next subphase of infrastructure is the stage two infrastructure uh, encompassing hangars one through three. Um, and uh, so part of this is a, a financing mechanism where the city will offer bonds, and I'll talk a little bit more about that earlier, but we expect to go to the Board of Supervisors in the fall for uh, the uh, approval of that bond issuance in, a, in conformance with the, the uh, proposed amendments. And then that would allow uh, stage two infrastructure work to commence uh, as expected late this year, early 2025. Um, and just in terms of the sequencing, uh, the title board action uh, is necessary uh, before the planning commission because we refer uh, those amendments to them and both the planning and TIDA actions are required before the Board of Supervisors takes up the item. It is my deep pleasure uh, to be before this committee today uh, representing an immense amount of work by a high quality team uh, that under Bob's leadership uh, uh, central to this has been uh, our finance manager, Jamie Q. Rubin as well as OEWD, the city administrator, the controller's office, and the mayor's budget office. Uh, as you know, Treasure Island has made significant progress in the last few years. We are nearing the completion of the first stage of construction with almost 1,000 homes ready for occupancy. Parks, utilities, uh, public art, new streets, ferry service are all open or will be shortly, and yet, Due to infrastructure delays in a very challenging economy, this project is at risk of slowing or stalling. It's no secret that the city, the nation, and the world have been in unprecedented times, and yet this project has advanced. Treasure Island is the city's largest project underway in a moment where there is a tremendous push to build housing in San Francisco, especially affordable housing. Continuing this project is more important now than ever. And because of this, the city and TICD are committed to ensuring that the project does not lose momentum. Now is the time for both TICD and the city to double down on the project with thoughtful DA and DDA adjustments. The sponsors, Mayor Breed and Supervisor Dorsey, have committed to stay true to the spirit of the original deal while affirming a mutual commitment to Treasure Island's next chapter. 
This effort is particularly important as we move to integrate the island and its services into the city's fabric and uh, service provision. Here are the objectives that were laid out from the outset to guide our work. Keep the existing public benefits package, and that includes maintaining the affordable housing requirement of 27.2%. Defer costs to improve financial fe feasibility. Modernize sections to be comparable to other development agreements in the city and with today's schedule on the island. Accelerate Treasure Island generated revenues back into the project through this challenging economic period. And finally, implement process improvements and reaffirm commitments to review timelines. Thank you, Anne-Marie. Um, so I'll, I'll highlight a few of the changes um, to the um, to the DDA, uh, including some of the more prominent ones. Um, first category are our schedule of performance changes. Uh, it has taken us, uh, you know, activity really began in earnest in uh, the fall of 2014 with the with uh, beginning work on the subphase applications uh, and major phase and subphase applications for, for the program. And then um, uh, demolition beginning in 2015. But you know, that, that's a decade ago. So it's, it's taken a, a lot of time uh, for us to get to the point we're at and we've made tremendous progress. Um, but uh, Originally, we were, that was envisioned that we would be further along at this point. And so a lot of the, these changes under the schedule of performance are kind of an acknowledgement of where we are and, and where we have yet to go and, and how much time that's going to take. Um, also, um, there are some investments that are required in the schedule of performance by the developer uh, and working with uh, particularly the police and fire department and the school district, uh, we've We've agreed that actually the the most more realistic uh, milestones for those are later out in time. Uh, again, uh, so by resetting the the performance milestones for those, um, we help level out the the cash flow requirements uh, to build out the infrastructure on the island. Um, there's also within the stage two building de development parcels. Um, there's a plan uh, proposal to uh, reallocate 27 inclusionary affordable units that would be constructed within stage two to uh, later stages of the project. Um, but again, keeping the total 307 inclusionary affordable units uh, in the plan and as well as the, the total 27.2 affordable. Um, the the two of the the most significant changes uh, to the pro to the DA and DDA uh, include uh, fiscal changes to to the to the um, agreement the disposition development agreement. In particular, um, the the DA as originally uh, drafted uh, provided uh, for any TIDA revenues in excess of TIDA expenses to be turned over to TICD. Um, and it also required uh, TICD to 
um, backfill any shortfall of TIDA revenues relative to TIDA expenses. Um, and that exposure, um, there's only been one year uh, in the last 13 where we invoiced TICD for authority costs, um, but that exposure in their pro forma um, uh, creates a, a, a big challenge uh, to them. And looking at our, our current and historical commercial leasing revenues, uh, as well as future uh, community facilities district uh, dollars that will be able to flow to TIDA to support uh, parks and open space operation, as well as the maintenance of many of the buildings that we uh, own and control. Uh, we, we feel that this, uh, uh, you know, TIDA should be able to manage within our revenues. Um, but it does create potentially uh, general fund exposure for the city should uh, TIDA need to request supplemental funding. Um, the second uh, and, and most significant uh, item is that uh, we formulated a uh, proposal to issue uh, up to $115 million in city-supported capital funds, reimbursing the developer for stage two infrastructure as it's created. Um, the uh, anticipated form of that debt issuance is through certificates of participation, which would be a general fund-backed uh, debt instrument. Um, but that $115 million is being sized uh, relative to anticipated uh, revenues accruing to the general fund as a direct result of the project. For instance, sales tax revenues associated with construction. Um, uh, uh, tax increment uh, dollars that uh, current that are not pledged to the infrastructure re revitalization financing district and other other streams and uh, again the, the goal here overall is that uh, the developers currently uh, expended uh, more than 800 million dollars to advance the program to the state that we're at um, meanwhile the community facilities district uh, and infrastructure revitalization and financing district have, have generated uh, roughly $100 million of reimbursements to the developers. So the developer has taken out a lot of leverage to get us to where we're at. And um, in the current markets, uh, it would be very difficult to get uh, continued uh, uh, market-based uh, financing to continue the infrastructure. And so this doesn't increase the total reimbursement obligations to the developer, but merely uh, provides a different instrument uh, to bridge us to the time where the IRFD and CFD are more self-sustaining for the program. Um, the, the changes to, the, uh, to, to authorize this alternative financing are, going to, are being drafted in the form of amendments to the financing plan. Uh, which, as I mentioned earlier, is, is an exhibit to both the DDA and DA, uh, necessitating amendments to both documents. Um, there, there are other reasons to amend both documents, but uh, this is one, one item that is common to both of them. Um, and uh, as I mentioned, will be uh, uh, secured by the general fund um, and uh, um, 
also we're updating the acquisition reimbursement agreement, which is the instrument by uh, the document that guides the, the reimbursement of TICD for uh, expenses incurred in constructing the public financing to uh, address and provide specific reimbursement application procedures relative to this funding so that um, those reimbursements can happen as the work is being constructed rather than waiting for the construction to be completed uh, and accepted for, for reimbursement. Um, this what took a form of a lot of work in bringing us to where we are. Um, this uh, uh, solution uh, was is was very complex to uh, come up with a concept that uh, both met the developers' needs and also uh, worked well for the city. Uh, and this is something that we've reviewed with the mayor's office staff, with uh, controller's office staff. So uh, again, the, the work of uh, the Office of Economic Workforce Development and the, the work of Jamie Carubin were instrumental in uh, crafting uh, this solution and building support for it. And I'll turn it back to Anne-Marie. Oh, yeah. Is that gonna Thank you, Bob. No, no. Uh, so thank you. Let's talk a little bit about the housing plan. Um, here again, we are uh, retaining the full 27.2% of affordable housing on the islands. Uh, the changes would increase the AMI for um, inclusionary rental units um, from the average of 60 to an average of 80. This would allow people that can't otherwise get into units subsidized by uh, MOHCD to have an opportunity to live in the island, um, but still those who are less than the median but also amend inclusionary milestones to reallocate 27 units from this upcoming stage two and spread them across future stages. It would extend the developer housing subsidy call period from 45 days to 90 days. And those are largely the housing changes. For transportation, uh, we would um, confirm the eligible expenses uh, under the subsidy. We would allow TIMA, the transportation agency, to access some of those subsidies a little bit faster to help with the startup costs of transit services. Similarly, we would add more flexibility into the subsidy and set aside an amount uh, of up to uh, 13.9 million. We would allow TICD to credit the interim ferry service or a new uh, public shuttle trans service that would be on the island uh, against the transportation operating subsidy. So for these interim services of ferry and shuttle, uh, we would make sure that TICD aligned any service with the public transit service parameters. Um, next on community facilities, again, reconfirming uh, the subsidies that TICD has already fulfilled or is still obligated to fulfill to make sure we all have a common understanding. Uh, there are some um, deferring uh, or delaying to a couple of community facilities from uh, the 2,500 dwelling unit mark to the 4,000 dwelling unit mark. And in conversation with both the school district, the police and fire, uh, they confirm that those facilities would then be uh, more appropriately matching when they anticipate the need and therefore it would allow the school district 
uh, a more viable chance to provide on-island school service for the children. There are a few general updates I'd like to go over, uh, extending the term from 30 to 40 years, updating, again, the sections that where obligations have been met, expanding TICD's right to lease historical buildings uh, to allow either TIDA or a third party to develop, and then if there were mutual agreement with the Navy, we would allow some changes to the sale of market rate and residential auction lots for more flexibility and more efficient processing. Uh, just like for the rest of the city, we would set DBI as the collection agency to make sure that the 1% for art fee was regularly collected. We would update some miscellaneous forms and references to match general contracting and ethics codes provisions. Um, last, another document, the Design for Development, or D4D. Um, this document will have minor changes that uh, largely controlled, conform to um, form controls that have happened across the city. So since uh, 2011, uh, the planning code and state building code, they changed uh, a little bit in some details, and so this would be matching those existing laws. Um, we're also incorporating a few lessons learned from the first subphase. So some of the problems that Maceo May had with transparency requirements that conflict across local code, state building code, and their own user program, uh, those would be fixed. I'm happy to discuss any of these. They're pretty minor. They don't add additional floors. Um, but if you have any questions, we're happy to describe these in more detail. Uh, so that is an overview of the proposal as it stands today. As uh, Director Beck said, next week, introduction of the detailed language uh, will be out in the public, and then uh, the public hearings will begin to roll out thereafter. As you can imagine, as we think about the year ahead, uh, this year is anticipated to be a very difficult year for city budgeting. And through the fiscal vetting uh, of the controller's office, the city administrator, the Office of Workforce and Economic Development, as well as independent consultants in the mayor's budget office, we firmly believe that the proposal as it stands today is fully needed to realize the next stage of development. After this detailed examination, um, those top fiscal executives agree if we want to continue momentum, this is the proposal that we need to get to stage two. Stage one and stage two, when you consider them together, will offer 3,300 housing units and prove the concept of this great neighborhood. This package will ensure that the vision gets built. Thank you for your care in listening today, and we are very uh, ready to engage with your questions and have a discussion. Well, thank you so much. I wanted to... Um acknowledge Executive Director Bob Beck for spearheading these efforts. It's taken almost even a year, a long time, to arrive at this uh, milestone. And Anne-Marie, thank you so much uh, for your presentation and um, contributions to getting out this far. And in the audience is Ms. Leigh Lotensky, um, OEWD, who is also guiding us to make sure that um, this critical milestone is reached uh, today. I think it's important um, as we proceed with this presentation and public proceeding that it is mentioned, the public should know that uh, Treasure Island Yababuena development actually um, 
the largest development in San Francisco, and we are taxed with making sure that we are going to be building the regional you know, housing needs for San Francisco. If they are going to be able to be successful, this is where everybody is looking at. And a public-private partnership, which is also a milestone, a, a platinum standard for the city and county of San Francisco, it's right now what we are doing here accentuates on that. It accentuates on that because the obligations that we have in assuring that we keep uh, this complex projects in place warrant what we are doing here to look at what we are doing, change course, amend, keeping things intact. And so that's basically what this is all about here. So I have a lot of questions here, but I'm going to depart because we have our commissioners are here um, guiding this project. And um, so I'm going to yield and um, hear from my fellow commissioners' comments, and then I would just, you know, add mine. Okay, so I see uh, Commissioner Shen. Yes. So please, yes. Um, go ahead. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Yes. No, um, thank you very much. Um, I, I think that um, this is such an important step for both the developer and for TIDA, particularly in these economic times. Um, we do not want to have the obstacles basically be, uh, 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 basically not allow us to go forward in finishing the work that we have to do on Treasure Island. And um, so I'm glad to see that there has been negotiations um, to be able to, um, uh, to change the documents in a way which might um, allow the movement to continue to go forward. Um, there are some questions that I have, though, and some assurances that I would have, um, I would like to have on um, these changes. And I think that the most important thing is to make sure that there is a adequate balancing of the incentives that you're going, you're giving to the developer, to the public benefits that we are getting, um, that those are in sync so that the developer is not getting their incentives to go forward and their um, and the parcels to develop on and the financing to go forward without making sure that the public benefits that we're getting are protected and that we are indeed getting those public benefits. So I know that that has been something that you're looking at and, um, and the timeline of um, um, when the developer gets those benefits and when we get our public benefits, those needs, it needs to be calibrated in a way where we're assured as a city that we're getting uh, those benefits. And of course, those benefits are certainly the affordable housing and the public um, realm and the, and the public parks, parks and art um, that is going to so much enrich the island as well as the city. Um, I um, have some questions, uh, and that uh, the first of which is um, the concern that before the TIDA um, budget, if there was a gap, there was a subsidy that the um, developer was obligated to plug so that TIDA 
as an authority and its functions could continue to go forward. Um, I believe that that's one of the things that is going to be uh, eliminated, um, if I'm correct. That's correct. And, and so I want to have assurances that we have looked forward in our own budgeting um, that we are able as an authority to be able to survive and to carry on the functions that are necessary um, for the island under the Treasure Island Development Authority. Um, we, um, you know, I, I don't know if you've done that budgeting exercise. I'm sure that you have looking forward. Um, but we do know that the commercial rents and the residential rents, which we um, rely on, are going to go down because um, the housing that we currently rent out through the John Stewart Company is managing much of that, that, um, that housing stock is going to be demolished um, as the new units are built. And so we won't have that rental income. And then the commercial spaces as well um, is also an area where we get rental income, um, and those opportunities are going to get less as the island gets developed. So um, looking forward into the future, I want to have some assurances that we have a projection um, of what our expenses are going to be. Could you, could you answer that, please? Yes, um, that, that, that uh, is uh, the, as core, was core to our evaluation of, of uh, this idea and, and agreeing to put this idea forward, was looking at what we see as our revenues and expenses. Um, addressing some of the points that you raised, currently our, our residential leasing revenue represents only about 10% or slightly less than 10% of our total uh, revenues, the uh, leasing revenues. The, the vast majority of our leasing revenues come through our commercial leasing program. And uh, our, our real estate team has done a fantastic job of um, managing our leasing portfolio and growing our leasing portfolio, even while we've lost uh, land uh, which we used to lease. Uh, to development, um, and so we're we're confident in the in the numbers that we currently have in our budget, um, and uh, our ability to sustain those for the foreseeable future. Um, as I mentioned, as we move forward, um, we we will be re reducing uh, many of our cost exposures within our budget. Um, as well as, uh, you know, as, as new utility infrastructure uh, is constructed and, and becomes the, the, prop, the responsibility of the PUC, the scope of existing utility infrastructure, the legacy Navy utility infrastructure that TIDE is responsible for, shrinks. Um, when the new wastewater treatment plant is completed uh, towards the end of 2025, uh, Taking the existing wastewater treatment plant off the line uh, again removes a significant potential cost exposure to the tida, to Tida. Um, also, as the island population grows, uh, we expect uh, uh, some costs that that Tida has borne historically will be shifted to the general fund. Um, so, we this was definitely. Uh, 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 
something that we looked at closely. It's also something that was an important part of the conversation with uh, particularly the mayor's office and, and the controller's office uh, during these difficult uh, general fund times uh, to make sure to, to that we, we, have, we were not creating a, a significant exposure to the general fund should Titus uh, expenses exceed its revenues. So it is, it is something that was very carefully reviewed um, and, and put forward. Um, we did the, the budget adoption uh, here at the Tida board last month, and we uh, structured our budget for 2024 in accordance with these expectations and requirements. Um, part of that is that our approved budget for fiscal year, or the budget that was been submitted to the mayor's office for 24-25 um, has roughly, I believe, $7 million in, in fewer projected expenditures than uh, our prior year budget. Um, Five million of that on the authority cost side and two million of that on the, uh, the city cost side, which under the agreement, the developer is still responsible for reimbursing city costs, which are the costs of um, public works and public utilities in support of the development program. Um, so that, that obligation remains and, and will fluctuate over time with the, the breadth of, of the island under, under redevelopment. Um, but uh, in making those changes to our budget, we are not actually anticipating providing lower levels of service next year, but what we've done is, is put a lot more rigor into the budgeting process um, so that we're aligning uh, the, the, the budget authority with past uh, experience on the actual expenditure side rather than um, providing you know, a, a budgetary cushion uh, to allow us to expend more um, should the need arise, we're, we're, we're putting more discipline into the budgeting process and having it reflect actual um, experienced uh, expenditure totals. So it is something that, that um, was the subject of, of a lot of review, um, uh, both internally and with mayor's office and controller's office. Um, and so then have we done uh, a five-year, 10-year projection uh, on our TIDA budget? Um, we haven't done a formal five or 10 year projection, but um, looking at, particularly at the revenue side uh, over the next uh, five plus years, uh, we, we have looked at, at the revenue side and we expect to be able to uh, uh, maintain or even grow the revenue side uh, over that period while um, the bulk of our expenses relative to existing obligations are expected to shrink. The primary expect, er, expected area of growth is in the, the parks maintenance side of things, yes. which again uh, is, is specifically an area that we are expecting to supplement with CFD revenues as it goes forward. So that one area of, of most anticipated growth in the expense side um, is matched by uh, a revenue source availability. Okay, so then the parks and maintenance, um, uh, maintenance of the art, th those expenses are being funded 
through the CFD and not necessarily from the developer's subsidies? Um, well, th th there is a, a, a specific park subsidy that's yes. capped at a million and a half per year mm -hmm. um, that we are currently drawing upon and will continue to draw upon for, uh, I believe, in roughly the next five years before that subsidy is exhausted, um, by which time we're expecting the CFD revenues to fully backflow that subsidy amount. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and, and is this future CFD um, financings that will finance the... Um, any subsidy requirements for the parks and maintenance, or is it uh, is it money that is being set aside from the current CFD bond issuances that we have? So, um, as we issue bonds under the CFD, we um, the bonds are are issued with a debt coverage ratio of, of 110 percent, um, meaning that for uh, we we issue bonds with a repayment cost of a uh, hundred dollars for every hundred and ten dollars of of anticipated CFD revenue. As we move forward and those revenues come in, that um, revenue in excess of the coverage ratio, as well as new growth in revenue that's not yet leveraged uh, through bond issuances. Uh, we we refer to that as as pay go revenue, so it's available to pay as you go, mm -hmm. um, and so that the that surplus of from uh, that's accruing because we 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 don't issue debt up to the full value of the of the anticipated revenues, or even the current revenues, um, and the additional growth as. Um, new buildings uh, start construction and complete construction and the overall CFD pie grows that that we're going to be typically tapping that paygo source uh, to fund uh, uh, annual operations rather than uh, leveraging bond proceeds to, to finance uh, the annual operations. Mm -hmm. And, and um, that is all predicated on making sure that the developments do get go forward and get completed. Otherwise, when we won't get those yeah. tax revenue. Yeah. So, um, and does all the 115 million that is being contemplated um, based on the um, the COPs? Um, does that all go to reimburse um, TICD for their costs, or is there some of that that is retained for, for needs, um, tighter needs? That, that's in all intended to re reimburse the developer for their stage two infrastructure costs. So this is not funds, these are not funds that will be reimbursed, uh, used to reimburse the developer for costs already incurred. These are not funds that the developer will take and uh, use to reimburse earlier investors or anything like that. They're going to be specifically uh, issued to developer relative to infrastructure being constructed as part of stage two. So as they as they begin the process of of building out that stage two infrastructure, we'll be working with them so that. Um, as they're paying their contractors, they can sub submit monthly reimbursement requests to us uh, to be reimbursed for the for the money that they are paying to their contractors to build 
the stage two infrastructure specifically. So and and it, is there a list of that stage two infrastructure projects that that this money specifically will go to, or is it as they provide the invoices to? Well, it, it'll be the all of the stage two infrastructure is. Um, permitted under what's called the, the stage two street improvement uh, permit from public works. So it's going to be the scope of the roadways, uh, the extension of trade winds, the extension of Clipper Cove, all of the uh, utilities, water, sewer, gas, joint trench that uh, are going into those rights of way, uh, as well as uh, uh, the continuation of geotechnical work within the stage two area. So. Yeah, no, the, 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 the scope is very well understood. Good. And, and are parks part of that um, stage two? The, the primary park that is within stage two is, is the extension of the Clipper Cove uh, promenade um, uh, and the construction of the first block of um, the East Side Gardens uh, through the East Side neighborhood. Um, but that's really the limit of parks and open space in the stage two area. There'll be uh, an additional extension of, of Eastside Commons as well as um, park area around the sailing center site at the southeast corner. That'll be part of stage three. Okay, thank you. Um, and then the inclusionary requirements, there has been an increase in uh, the level of income that would qualify for inclusionary to 80%. And I think that actually that's a good move um, because it's very difficult to um, get financing for, uh, we have subsidy financing for lower, but I think that would be a, a help to the uh, developer. Um, and, and for, for the for sale housing, and that's for rental housing, it also is 80% for the for sale inclusion. The inclusionary for the for sale housing, is it also pegged to 80% of the... the, the uh, under the original housing plan, the inclusionary condominiums uh, were to, to range from 80 to 120% with an average of 100. Um, and, and that's not being changed here. But for inclusionary rental, um, the, the um, threshold was increased. And that's really uh, uh, an area where the goals of the, the developer and, the, and the, the challenges that the city face are aligned. You know, the, there, there's a real, uh, sometimes referred to as the missing middle yes. um, in the affordable housing. We have a lot of affordable housing at 50 to 60% of AMI. 100% um, of AMI is, is, is still not a lot of money. And, and to have um, more uh, units in that 80 to 120 percent is, is, is a benefit to the city as well. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, and so thank you for clarifying that the 80 percent is for the rental, um, not for the inclusionary ownership units. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the transportation plan, um, so important is the public ferry. And I understand that there's going to be some re re that TIDA will take on the costs of the ferry at a certain point under the transportation plan? Yeah, so this is, uh, again, these conversations was very instrumental to have uh, the TIMA as part of these conversations. Um, but yeah, with delays in the tolling uh, implementation, 
due to um, the time required to complete the, the West Side Bridges and Hillcrest projects on um, uh, Treasure Island. There, the, the costs currently being in, uh, incurred to operate the, the Treasure Island uh, sh sh ferry service will be creditable against the transportation operation operating subsidy that's been included in the uh, the DDA from the beginning. Um, there were also amendments to the uh, the the transportation provisions of the DDA to give us additional flexibility to adapt uh, uh, and reallocate um, from the transportation capital subsidy to the operating subsidy if, if necessary and appropriate. Um, but all of that would be done uh, in, in consultation with the TEMA uh, and, and, and really in, in joint agreement with the TEMA. So there are certain capital subsidies, for instance, purchasing uh, on-island shuttle vehicles that are, are currently a, an obligation under the DDA. Um, we may find that the city is able to readily uh, finance the person purchase of shuttles um, rather than having uh, through grants or other other revenues rather than having uh, the developer shoulder that burden. Um, so if we're able to do that, have being able to reallocate uh, that uh, obligation to another capital obligation like the tolling equipment may be uh, instrumental for us. Uh, alternatively, we also have some flexibility if we need to move that to the operating subsidy side of things, um, uh, that we would have some flexibility there as well. Um, on that subject of, of shuttles in particular, not only may we be able to um, find uh, an alternative source of funding for that, it's also something that we may um, build in as an operating expense if we contract with a shuttle operator um, part of that contract service for shuttle operations may be uh, the the provision of the uh, the shuttle vehicles as well. So another another reason to have the flexibility uh, within the capital operating subsidies um, to to move things around. And as was noted in the slides, but maybe we didn't highlight it uh, in our presentation, um, where there some of these obligations were. Um, uh, you know, non-specific to um, how things get implemented. Um, we, we, I mean, they were specific in terms of four shuttle vehicles, as an example. Well, now, you know, uh, we, we've ta tried to uh, take those capital obligations that were not uh, reduced to a financial figure and aggregate them all. And so we have a, an aggregate transportation capital subsidy of 13.9 million now. So we've, we've uh, articulated which were more kind of performance-based numbers into actual uh, financial commitments. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the concern is for me, um, certainly the shuttle and the tolling, but um, one concern which often gets forgotten is the ferry. Um, and right now there's interim ferry service that is operated by the developer. Um, but um, this, it's, it's not going to be, for, I, I think that they're not intending uh, to continue, you know, um, doing the ferry service. Um, it, it, there was an expectation that 
we on the public side was going to provide the ferry. Um, and so this ferry service is interim. Um, and uh, do, we have, do we have sufficient funding to subsidize that ferry operation? Um, and where are we on that? Um, well, we're eventually, as, as you indicated, the, the, the anticipation is that um, WIDA uh, would be brought in as a public operator of the ferry. Uh, WIDA's fleet uh, tends to skew towards larger vessels, so um, part of this will be demand-related. Um, the other uh, uh, aspect of that will, will be the need to actually implement the tolling uh, so that we have, again, um, additional revenues available to subsidize the operation of, of larger vessels with larger crews as well as AC transit service and other elements of the of the uh, of the transportation plan um, so uh, right now the anticipation is to continue to work with an outside vendor um, that's currently under that outside vendor is currently under contract to TICD at some point uh, the TIMA may elect to itself contract with an outside vendor uh, rather than uh, continuing the current practice where that vendor is is contracted for by TICD um, and utilize the transportation subsidy uh, from TICD to, to pay for that expense during the initial years. Um, but uh, at the moment, it's going to be a continu continuation of the status quo. Um, and as we... Uh, uh, make progress on the roadway projects and YBI and, and, and come physically closer to the point at which uh, toll system implementation could occur. Uh, and hopefully as we uh, move forward with, with the adoption of policies to allow toll implementation to occur, um, those, the progress on those two fronts will factor into the, the decisions by the TIMA to uh, take, if you will, in-house the the management of the of the ferry system operation. Okay, um, and then can you um, explain what is the uh, changes for the market rate residential auction lots? Um, you're you're saying that there will be um, some changes to allow for greater flexibility and efficient processing. Um, wh what are what are the residential auction lots? So the the. Under the, the DDA, the developer is, is uh, required, they are allowed to self-develop 60% of the market rate parcels. They are allowed to develop up to an additional 20% of uh, the um, uh, uh, parcels in, in, in joint venture teams. Um, and but a minimum of 20% of the uh, parcels are required to be sold off um, via auction. And um, the um, uh, part, one of the, one of the purposes for that is to validate the, 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 the values for which uh, parcels are being transacted internally um, with uh, the develop between Treasure Island Community Development as the master horizontal um, uh, uh, developer, with the developers of individual parcels that would would are typically ha have been 
one of the constituent uh, entities within uh, within Treasure Island Community Development. So, for instance, we have projects under construction right now from Wilson, Meany, Lamar, uh, Lenar, and Stockbridge, um, all of whom are, are um, equity partners within Treasure Island Community Development. The um, um, the changes here are, are really to uh, provide some flexibility in the timing um, and the procedures around uh, the auction lots. Um, one of the purposes of that is is uh, like in the current situation where we're in, um, it's not real favorable uh, to try and be auctioning things on the market. There aren't a lot of developers initiating vertical projects at this time. So um, most of the changes here are, are really around the mechanics of the procedures uh, uh, of, of the auctions uh, rather than, um, you know, that larger commitment of 60-20-20. Um, so the, the kind of the overall um, obligations uh, relative to the auction lots are retained. Um, but uh, really um, addressing the procedures to reflect lessons learned, um, market market flexibility, and so forth. Okay, thank you. Um, and I see that there's going to be some changes in the collection for the 1% art fee, um, which is going to be collected at the time that building permits are pulled. Instead of, I think now, it's at towards the end when there's a certificate of completion. Is that right? We can, um, we can issue the, so the, the DA and DDA have, did not explicitly, uh, the, the, there was limited language in the DA and DDA relative to the arts fee. And um, so it was not, um, it was not, the original language was not real quite well crafted. Um, and it did say that TIDA would collect the arts fee from the developer. Um, the, the way that, that the arts fee has been assessed and, and collected to date is not on the initial building permit, which is typically a site permit, but on the, the, the permit addenda that allows the project to go vertical. Um, and so that's the trigger moment when it can be uh, invoiced. Um, but DBI has declined to uh, collect that fee along with all of the other fees that they collect <laughs> um, because they didn't see in the DA and the DDA the explicit um, uh, authorization or delegation of responsibility to them to collect it. So we're incorporating that, that uh, into the mechanism because what happened is we would need to know that the developer had gotten that addendum, and then TIDA would need to invoice the developer for that arts fee revenue. Um, now it will be it will be automatic, and, and those funds will be deposited to an account controlled by TIDA. So it'll be um, like you know a sewer service impact fee, any other fee that is collected by the, the Department of Building Inspection as part of the building permit uh, process. So it. It's um, it's really simplifying things for TIDA from an administrative yeah. perspective and ensuring that there's not an oversight that, 
oh, they got their addendum approved, and now it's six months later, and TIDA hasn't invoiced them. Um, so it, it's, it's really about streamlining that process. Well, th those revenues, that 1% art fee, are extremely important for the master arts program that we have on the island. And, um, and the delay of those monies actually had some impact on ability to go forward. So I'm glad that you are changing that system. And I, I think that actually you should have that fee paid, um, not on building permits, but when the site permit is actually um, uh, asked for and they, they start um, basically work on the site itself. Um, but anyways, it's, it's, a, it's a suggestion. Okay. Um, and if there's other ways to um, um, provide capital for the arts program um, within these revisions, that, that would certainly be appreciated. Um, so um, I think that is generally um, my questions, well, and thank, thank you very much. Well, thank you, um, Commissioner Shen, for those uh, very comprehensive uh, questions, highly needed, and there are still you know, more questions. So, Commissioner Director Timothy, please. Thank you, Bob, for your hard work on this. Um, my big question was, and it, you answered it because Commissioner Sen asked it, was about the, um, the flexibility and efficient processing. And thank you for that good explanation because that, that was great. Um, but we, I feel that we need to move full speed ahead to get, you know, phase two going. You know, so I'm in full support of that. Thank you. Well, thank you. thank you. And I have, uh, you know, a lot of questions, some questions, and just some, you know, clarification. So it would be great. So the 2011 uh, disposition um, agreement um, stipulate a lot of documents. And looking at the presentation for the entitlement, there are certain, actually, documents that we are amending here, you know, the financing and again some minor changes. Um, let's just make it clear right now that for the sake of the public is that there are other related documents. For example, the environmental impact. We're not making any changes to those because those are fundamental. So I think people need to understand that. And we also have all these interagency and we are utilizing every expertise in fact the fact that OWD here is here today helping us is that we have a, you know, established this elaborate system from the onset. That is, we have multiple agencies, you know, guiding us on the local, even on the state and level. So the, the, the first question I have for you, um, Mr. Beck, on the land, on the land use uh, matters concerning the marina boundaries, where are we? Because that's not reflected. I know that that's still subject for the, the lease agreement for the marina, uh, that negotiations. What are the implications? I mean, we are moving forward for this development. So if you can just, for the record, uh, state, um, is there any implications on what we are doing here? And where are we in status number? So one of, one of the kind of minor cleanup things just to reflect progress of the uh, of the program will be an update to the f 
the figure, uh, the, the, the overall project site description that's part of the DDA and the financing plan um, to recognize the, the currently anticipated boundaries of the marina, which is much smaller than it was projected to be in 2011. Um, but ultimately, we, we entered into a long-term lease with the developer of the marina uh, in 2019, and uh, they are currently working on their BCDC uh, permit application um, and and expect to, to break ground on the marina improvements next year. Um, the, so the, the uh, as I said, the, the project description reflecting the marina boundaries is, is, is being updated to reflect the the actual boundaries that were uh, um, uh, included in the in the 66-year lease that we went to, entered into uh, with the marine developer in 2019. Okay, and uh, second question: the bond obligations. So we are making uh, some changes to the financing plan, and we have all these forward-looking um, issues and statements before. And I just, for the record, and I know that the certificates of participation, the COP, is still being, so what are the implications? And I know you're, you've already spoken to the bond council, right? And the city attorney are guiding this process, just for the record. So what, any implications and what is going on there? So again, um, the, the um, uh, some of the, the, um, Changes that are being included are, are are lessons learned from the last decade of work. Um, so there there has been consultation with the bond council um, to uh, update some of the language in the financing plan as it relates to debt issuance, um, not just as it specifically as it relates to the proposed certificates of participation, but also as it relates to the issuances of bonds to be reimbursed by either community facilities district or uh, infrastructure revitalization and financing district revenues. Um, so yeah, that, those, those, that those things are, are being picked up and um, largely uh, intended to reflect lessons learned and kind of the current state of practice uh, as, as um, opposed to where things stood you know, 13 years ago. And for the second, for the next issuance of the bond, and we are obligated to disclose this DD amendment, right? Oh, abs absolutely. And, and, and even in prior issuances of the bonds, um, we have uh, noted uh, as part of the disclosure obligations that um, certain amendments uh, to, the, to the DA and DDA were being negotiated. Um, but yeah, so the, uh, this disclosure would be uh, part of, of any, uh, or this, this, these amendments would be part of any future disclosure for, to bond council as well. Okay, so before this meeting, I know uh, you and I had a brief conversation. I was asking again, now that t the developer of private partner TICD will no longer will be, you know, certain obligations are being removed. Uh, you know, no, the backfill for any shortfall with, um, you know, tie the, you know, budget. And I know that Commissioner Shen 
asked uh, some questions, and you have um, answered some of them, but I want to, um, some clarifications again, um, you know, with that, um, I asked specifically about the implications, and you explained that, and also explained that to uh, Commissioner Shen. So, we don't have, we have not developed the five-year or the 10-year, you know, budget, you know, plan. Uh, and for the sake of this discussion, it's incumbent then that we need to kind of have a projection of that. You know, we are making all this, we, we have this situation right now where we can't depend on anybody for any shortfall. We also have these obligations to complete the parks and open space, which is a really big, major, major, and we really wanted to know about the financing and where that is gonna be coming because we are going to be inheriting all these hundreds and hundreds of acres that we need of the maintenance. So um, when do you think that we'll be able to embark, and I know you have all these ongoing <laughs> mandates, um, when can we at, at least get a projection on that? Because again, once this has to be passed next month, I mean, in just a couple of weeks, and for us, it's good to really know that, to, to see you know, where we are, because we're shifting some of this financing, and the reason is because to be able to give the flexibility, we understand that, especially in dire economic conditions. Uh, for everyone to keep their projects afloat. So just answer, sir, you know, that question there, when are we gonna have that five, 10 year to be able to have this projection because there's gonna be a lot of questions on those two. Yeah, I, I think we, you know, uh, and I just wanna clarify that, you know, I said we hadn't formally uh, developed a, a, a five year or 10 year uh, look ahead budget. But we have looked at how we anticipate both revenues and expenses to trend over that time. So it's it's not that we uh, we don't we don't have any information. Um, and so uh, heard the request, and and I would anticipate that when we come next week yeah. or in two weeks uh, for uh, consideration of this, we'll be able to provide yeah, you with have been, additional yeah. statement. Nice to have that projection, say, yeah, we will need to really know that so we can collectively, you know, have a dialogue on that. I know you've been looking at that before and to be confident that um, this proposal before us, that we'll be able to abide with that without any adverse uh, sort of implications. At the same time, you know, for our, our obligations in order to be able to manage this project, I think we should really know what that is and you know to do that the overall objective of what we are doing here yeah makes sense we have to make some of this adjustment and they were brought forward actually by a private um, developer as well and so we have to leverage the city interests and also the private developer interests but for tida who is in the middle of this and the manager of this project we need to have those um, budget provisions and I, in particular, will be looking at the parks and the space open to see how we are going to do that because any shortfall on that um, is going to be uh, catastrophic for us. Uh, with regards to the DBI, so moving forward, the 1% art fee will be collected at the part of the permitting. And you've already stated that DBI is mandated 
to collect that, not just for our development, but for any development in the city. And they only need to enforce that. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, that's that's our the 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 purpose of those amendments is is to have DBI collect those. Okay. So yeah, this um it seems to me that this overall what you five outline um really is a milestone and I again reminding everyone all the stakeholders here is that um this is the only project in San Francisco um with the platinum leads and everything we are doing here is actually setting the standard for all the other development, not just in San Francisco, but also the region in North America. So um, it is important uh, in, in this time to you know, uh, make sure that um, this uh, amendment and this proposal you know, moves you know, forward. And the lastly is that when are we gonna be getting the, the document? the full document. So by the meeting so, next week, you will have all the amendment languages and everything intact. Yeah, so next week on the 5th uh, is, our, is our anticipated schedule for introduction at the board. Um, I will forge you that board package uh, um, CLB Tuesday when we have it completed and submitted. Um, then next Friday is when our board package will come out. So we'll be sending you our resolutions and our staff report on, on Friday the 8th. Okay, and I'm sure we've done the due diligence and need to pass this because the schedule needs to go to the planning department and then it goes to the uh, Board of Supervisor land use and then it goes to the full Board of Supervisors and then before the full board uh, passage. So the train is actually leaving the station. And so thank you all for this uh, wonderful presentation. And again, Kate, I want to thank- any uh, public comment? Oh, oh I, I, I just, I wanted, just to, wanted I just oh. I wanted to thank Bob and Anne-Marie and Jamie, who's not here, and Leigh, who is with the Office of Economic and Workforce Development. Thank you so much for all that you've done. There's a lot of time that has gone into this, I know, and, and the negotiations, and so we appreciate it. Yeah, I, I was, again, just gonna reiterate my, my thanks uh, to Lee and Antopia from OEWD, and, and again, um, Anne-Marie and Jamie have done uh, the, the lion's share of the work on this for, for TICD, uh, and they both deserve all the credit. Thank you so much. And any uh, public comments? Uh, Sina? Okay. Item number five, discussion of future agenda items by directors. Uh, there's none. Yeah. No, I, um, okay. So, um, Mr. Beck, um, what is your timeline for bringing back to us the um, parks and management um, issues? Um, we're going to be uh, incorporating those into uh, our schedule going forward. Um, I may have an item on the, the 13th agenda, but certainly at the, the April um, HITS committee um, and, and throughout April, May, and June, we're gonna be uh, focusing on parks and transition housing. Okay. Thank you, and um, I would say none, and just to add to that is that the first presentation will be the models we will be having. I just wanted to that we'll be getting information on the best practices because that's the first thing we ask for. 
the best practices of all the park. For instance, we will have the procedure, we will have other um, signature parks, and so we can really compare what their model is, right? Is that the understanding? Yeah. That's the directive, right? Yes. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, meeting is adjourned. Yes, and thank adjourned. you again. Thank you. Everyone.